Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to the XYZ or the XYZ podcast, wherever you may be. This is a podcast um, all about CNC, I suppose, um, hosted by myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, and Aaron Goff of Goff Customs. Both knife makers, both trying to do what we can with CNC to make our processes better. How are you, Aaron? Oh, feeling a bit fucking tired this week, Craig. Really? Yeah. It's early morning for you there too, really, isn't it? Well, by my standards, yeah, I'm not exactly a morning person. And and you've put a video out, you know, and you only do that once every six months, so <laughs> <laughs> you must be knackered. Oh, I, honestly, it's just been trying to catch up with all my back orders before Christmas. I, I kind of set myself uh, this this deadline, and it's uh, this whole year's been been <laughs> a bit crazy, but it's especially crazy right now. Yeah, H- how are you finding, by the way, things like shipping at the moment? Are you finding that the the pandemic is is slowing things down? Yeah, a lot. Because that's that's my biggest gripe at the moment. Yeah, I remember you saying on Knife Talk that you hated shipping. Well, I, so I used mm. Canada Post previously for everything, and um, honestly, I recently found that DHL is a better, cheaper, faster alternative. It's not often you get all three, right. so um, might be worth looking into. Yeah, I'm, the biggest problem we have here is we are in the middle of literally nowhere. Right. Um, so even FedEx, who say they'll deliver from any point on the earth, they won't come and pick up from us. Right. <laughs> so it's it's a, it's it's a real problem. So I've actually stopped. I stopped taking Christmas orders the beginning of November. Oh wow! Because I know some orders have taken four to six weeks to arrive places, which is is just not sustainable. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping, you know, once things get a little better with regards to the pandemic, we'll be good. Um, but then we've got the whole Brexit thing as well, which is problematic <laughs> with borders and so on for me. So it's ugh, one thing after another. Yeah, I know that feeling, Craig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so what else have you been up to this week? Uh, honestly, not much. I've just been like eating, sleeping and, and making knives. <laughs> hmm. Which, yeah, I mean, it's tiring, but it's... It's good. It's been a lot of um, a lot of hand finishing this week. Um, I have been doing a little bit of uh, looking into new processes, which is exciting. Just trying to work out like where yeah. I'm going to take my my CNC, mainly around fixturing. It's interesting when you, when you're getting into CNC, you wouldn't think that hanging onto stuff is such a problem, but it's with knife making at least fixturing is probably the the hardest thing to get nailed down. Right. Yeah. And you, you've been, well, I say you've been making kitchen knives. Um, I think that was some time ago. But you released that video this week of, of the kitchen knife that you made. Yeah, finally. Like, I, I uh, you know, shot that footage middle of last year. That You know, the knife itself was made middle of last year. And then it's just, it's just been like trying to, you know, get my website ready for the kitchen knife. And then, you know, lots of lots of kind of things that had to happen before it went live 
And then the funny part in my mind is that um, it's been kind of a non-event on YouTube, um, right. which I wasn't really expecting. It's the last video that I released with the restoration of the CNC machine was was big. It was like one of my biggest releases. And then this one's been like, burp, you know, oh, nothing. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think restoration videos as, as a category are huge at the moment. You know, chuck a little bit of rust on something, take a picture, stick <laughs> it as your screenshot, then polish it up. It seems to get millions and millions of views. Yeah, maybe. Well, I also have this theory that like, you know, YouTube will promote videos that play well with advertising, right? So, you know, mm. if, if lots of people are trying to sell 3D printers around Christmas and 3D printer videos do, sorry, 3D printer ads do well on CNC videos, then, you know, YouTube will promote cnc videos that makes sense yeah, yeah. and yeah. and maybe they're not trying to promote knife videos too much as well you know yes quite possibly i mean facebook and instagram and so on they they really don't like knives no. are, are are your um your machines sort of geared up now to do kitchen knives is that something sort of imminent now or is that something that you're still working on still working on yeah it, i mean the hardest part again is is fixturing because um mm. you know kitchen knife is very long and quite wide and thin so Right now, when I when I fixture my knives for CNC, I'm actually hanging onto them by pinching them between the spine and the edge. Um, right. Yeah. And I think if you tried to do that with a kitchen knife, it would just kind of flex, and and you would lose all of that clamping pressure. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So yeah, new new things have to happen to make it work. Hmm. Well, I've been working on. So, so I was just about to ask. You're working Craig. on a new style of knife. Um, I am too. <laughs> um, so I'm in this. As we talked last week, I'm in a sort of design phase at the moment because right. I'm not shipping any knives due to the shipping issues and all the rest of it. So, um, in January, I'll be doing another run of kitchen knives, um, and they'll be pretty much low cost and a high end version of that same knife. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also, you know, looking into the next sort of batch that I'll be making. And I've always wanted to do a folder. Um, yeah, yeah, very difficult for me because it's something I've never done. But, I mean, my first knife that I ever had was my grandfather gave to me when I was probably nine or ten, and it was a very sort of classic sort of pen knife, that sort right. of oval shape, very small, little ivory handle. Um, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to recreate that as something like a modern version of that? So, So that's the idea I've been working on. So it's a... Uh, it's a slip joint, right? Which are probably the the easiest style of pocket knife I, would, I suppose to make. Um, and the reason for that, really, a lot of my customers are in the UK, and yeah. it's illegal there to carry a knife with any sort of locking mechanism at all. And there's a blade length so, restriction too, right? Yeah, a, bl- a restriction of three inches on the blade length. Um, so seventy six millimeters for those in in metric. Um, so this comes just under, so it's seventy five millimeter cut in cut in edge on the blade. Right. Um, 105 millimeters for the the case, that the uh, um the well the handle I suppose, um and it's very much along those lines of just a very sort of classic oval shape. Um, I've I've changed the blade design a bit because one thing I always remember as a kid having these pocket knives was trying to get them out of the um out of the handle mm. because because the, they're pretty small and um you get that little neck for your fingernail to go in and uh, you know being a little kid I can never open it so. So this design has a slot instead, so it gives you a bit of extra grip. And if you can't actually grip it, you could also put something in the slot as well to help you. Right. Um, and yeah, it's 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 quite a nice design. So I've been working on that, um, and I've been three D printing um, various versions of that just to see how it would feel in the hand and so on. 
Um, and just to get me doing the basics of 3D modeling, really, um, to see how, how it would look on screen and the rest of it. So very convoluted way of doing things. <laughs> so um, I'm drawing in Illustrator. Oh, God. Um, and right. Then take, yeah, very convoluted. Then taking them into Fusion 360, where I'm an absolute beginner. And all I'm doing there is extruding them. Um, so that there's three parts. So there's the the two parts of the handle. There's the the blade. There's actually the fourth, which is the back spring as well. Right. Um, just extru extruding them to the thickness, and then for the case, just fill it in the edges. So it gives that chamfer across the edge. Right. That's about as far as my Fusion 360 skills go at the moment. <laughs> and are you doing that just because you're really comfortable with with making curves in Illustrator? Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and. I didn't know I was going to be sort of 3D printing them or modeling them. I thought, I just want to just draw this design, see where I go. So my, my go-to is Illustrator. Right. Um, but then once I had them, I was like, well, let's throw them into Fusion 360 and see if I could, you know, work out how this would look. Um, and then 3D printing. And they've come out really well, actually. The 3D prints, I'm I'm very surprised. So I'm using the uh, the Prusa Mini, mm -hmm. which, which I've had for a while, but I haven't really used much. I haven't really put it through its paces. Right. And it's just rock solid. So you turn it on and it'll auto-level the bed. It'll do everything for you. And each time the print has come out perfectly. And I've probably done 40 or 50 now models of this knife. Slightly different each time. And each time it's bang on. Dimensionally, it's bang on as well. So I'm, I'm just really impressed with this little machine, you know? Yeah, I have been thinking about getting one. Like, So I have a um, an Anycubic Cossel Linear Plus it's the longest name in the world. <laughs> right. um, and it's, it's, so it's a decent sized Delta 3D printer, but right. it's, um, yeah, it's not the most well-tuned and, mm. you know, whenever it changes layers, it tends to over extrude at the, um, right. the layer transition. So you get a little blob. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been pretty good, but like, yeah, the Prusa printers are very well-tuned from what I've seen. Yeah, well, I, I use the the Prusament as well, which is the the filament that they produce in house, right? Um, and obviously using Prusa Slicer, then so everything it, it's like the, the whole Apple thing, you know, everything is is built to work as one, right? Um, and it, yeah, it just works really nice. I'm just really impressed with such a little machine, inexpensive, it works very very well. Although I, I did have an issue uh -oh. um, when I first turned it on, I kept getting an error, um, and it was just generic error. Mm. Just saying, you Google it and you find out it's something to do with the heat bed heat. So then I'm, I'm contacting Prusa and saying, you know, what's going on? It, I can't get it working. And it turns out that if it's under 18 degrees. Oh, yeah, the low temperature error limit. Exactly, right. yeah. And I mean, it's always under 18 degrees here this time of year, you know. So, so yeah, I'm having to put into a little room, put a heater on just to get just to get it going. But once it does, it's it is absolutely bang on each time. It's yeah, it's very impressive. Well, that's interesting. So it won't even print if the room is lower than 18 degrees. Won't even print, and and the error message it throws doesn't doesn't tell you anything really. It's just it's just a like a, like a hex code really. You don't really know what it is. Right. Um. So yeah, very strange. I mean, it's, it's such a sort of consumer-focused product. Yeah, I've, I've had probably, I think I've had four 3D printers now, um, and this is by far the the easiest. And I think if anybody were to say, you know, which printer should I get, and if they haven't used one before, I definitely say use this. Right. So I was just very surprised that it's throwing this random error as as opposed to something that's more readable. But uh, there's always got to be yeah. one problem, at least. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's 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 very. I'm very impressed. And these these little models. I mean, I'm holding one in my hand now. They are, 
I think they're pretty cool. And I'm even thinking about when I do release these knives, which probably won't be until maybe the second quarter of next year, um, to actually have a 3D printed model as well available for for kids. So if if if, if Papa were to order one for himself, we'll throw in a 3D one for his for his little one as well as their first knife. Yeah, that's be nice quite idea. nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been interesting, sort of prototyping and having the physical thing in my hand very very quickly right it's, it's been nice yeah i actually had a similar experience for my first knife my my aunt aunts and uncles uh pulled together for christmas present and got me like a nice swiss army knife yeah and they were you know be very careful with it and so on i proceeded to take about half my thumb off with it in about five minutes <laughs> it's very sharp and now you make knives for a living who'd have thought yeah and <laughs> Uh, knock on wood, I'm, I'm going to actually do that because, you know, there's no, uh, <laughs> I play with big dangerous machinery all day. But yeah, I haven't I haven't had anything go wrong. Apart from last week, well, a friend visited the workshop and, and noted how dangerous my belt grinder looked. And I was like, oh, I haven't, <laughs> haven't done anything to myself with that in a long time. And then the next day I stuck my knuckle on my thumb right into a oh. 120 grit belt and then oh. also my thumbnail. <laughs> it's going to stick. Yeah, it's yeah. only just grown back. Yeah, well, weirdly, I'm, I mean, I've never hurt myself making stuff, but um, uh, just using a chef knife. But it was about this time last year, just absent-mindedly chopping away, and I chopped the top of my finger off. Oof. And it wasn't one of my knives; it was um, Toma from Florentine Kitchen. That was one of his knives. Right. Um, but amazingly, that grew back too, which is, is like like a worm's tail. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank God, you don't want to have a square yes, finger forever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's and it's it's like numb now. The whole it's just dead, you know. Oh, weird. So that's the one. If I'm pushing into a grinder, that's the finger to use. It doesn't. It just, <laughs> it doesn't Can't burn. feel the heat. Yeah. Geez. Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about um, a, a bit of software, which is which was new to me this week. Um, but I I know it's it's ages old. It's it's really old. And looking then on YouTube, seeing lots of people using it for knives, um, something called Draft Sight. I don't know if you've used it. I haven't. I actually haven't even really heard of it until... Uh... The way I found this was, so um, getting into folded knives and, you know, learning as much as I can. I've been on YouTube and lots of um, people making folded knives, they use this because it's got a really nice rotate feature so you can make your part and make sure nothing touches and the rest of it. So, um, And it was it was Mike from Ekim Knives. Um, who um, actually does a tutorial on using DraftSight for folding knives. Um, and it's really, really good. So it's it's $99 download. But if you do a search for an older version, you will be able to find a free version as well. Hmm. Um, it's just really, really nice. It uses a sort of layers approach. Um, and you can you know disable layers and so on and then rotate things into themselves. Really good. So that's DraftSight, and that's available at 3ds.com. Okay. Um just something, you know, I often get asked the question, you know, people starting knives and they want to draw on screen, what could they use? And I've used like Inkscape in the past and that's a bit buggy and Illustrator. And, and you know, Fusion 360, I haven't, I haven't really done anything in it. You know, I'm, I'm sort of playing each time. So I think next time I need to start maybe with a 2D sketch in Fusion, then extrude and go from there maybe. Yeah, and the, the sketching tools in Fusion, I find at least, are, are pretty um, intuitive. So, you know, I've used SolidWorks and so on. I, I found the tools in mm. SolidWorks to be a bit clunky, personally. But, um, yeah, I think Fusion's pretty good for that. And it actually Fusion actually has a, a mode where you can do 
an assembly of parts, so, you know, all of the bits of your, your folding knife, that are um, linked together kind of in, like, a, a motion simulation. So you can, like, click on right. the blade and drag it, and it'll rotate around your, your pivot point. Um, and if you have it set up, you know, the spring at the back will even, like, flex. And oh, wow. Yeah, so it'll do, like, like full-on um, simulations of assemblies. Um, though I will admit I actually haven't done that myself yet. So I know, I know it does it. I just don't know how to do it. I haven't really right. tried. Okay. Yeah. But th there's going to be tutorials somewhere for that kind of thing. Oh, there's so many tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going forward, Fusion 360 for me has to be the sort of software of choice for that reason. You know, it's, there's just so much out there, so many resources to learn from. So Yeah. Plus you're kind of at the right stage to be growing into something new. And I think that something like DraftSite, you know, it doesn't have cam integrated, um, like for outputting code to your, your CNC machines or to your, your mm. printer. Um, it doesn't do the 3D part of it, doesn't do rendering, you know, so I think Fusion 360 makes a lot of sense because you, you've got room to, to grow still, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Just need to find that time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there is, there's definitely a learning curve. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I will say, so one, one tip um, when you're getting into it, you know, so c coming from other programs, I thought that if you're trying to make an assembly of like, you know, so for your, your knife, you're going to have the, the blade and the handles. And the, the right way to do that is to have separate components. Um, mm. Because if you have separate bodies, um, so just like separate extruded parts from, um, from the 2D sketches, then if they're touching, they'll want to join together. Um, so if you do them as separate components, then each component you can like duplicate you can move it around you can you know it's going to be separate it'll have its own separate history as well for making yes. that part and coming from other programs i thought the right thing to do was to have separate files um you know so you'd have one file for the handle that has a component in it and then one file for the blade that has a component in it and then you would have a separate file that's the assembly got you yeah um yeah. and that's actually a really shit way of doing it. I, I i have a lot of my fixtures and a lot of my um my knife design's done that way and it's super painful because anytime you update one file you then have to go into all of the others that use that file and manually pull in the update gotcha and got you, yeah and then you know a bunch of stuff has to get regenerated and like maybe things will move and your cam has to like get regenerated and it it's kind of painful so yeah, if you can, you can actually create multiple components within a single design, within a single file. Got you, yeah. So definitely stick to doing that, um, because then you don't have any of those dependency issues. You know, it's always going to be up to date. Um, and it, it's honestly, it's a big enough problem that, like, I genuinely want to, like, redo my drawings to, oh, to wow. fix that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't, don't make, don't be me. Don't make that mistake. Okay, multiple components, one file. Yeah, Go if you can. I, I mean, there are places like, you know, designing fixturing and stuff. Um, you're going to want to have a separate file because it doesn't really make sense to have, like, you know, your CNC table and a vice and, and fixturing in the same model as your knife. Mm, yeah. Um, but for, you know, all of the parts of one product, one, one knife, one whatever, then, yeah, put them all in one file. Gotcha. That makes sense. So what's going on um, in other news? 
yeah, there's uh, some really exciting stuff that's happened in the last week. Um, so the the Starship SN8 launch uh, almost happened yesterday. It got delayed a few times, and then yesterday it almost happened. They got to uh, T minus one point three seconds before aborting wow. the launch. Um, and the call on the live stream was uh, Raptor abort. And that was during the, the engine startup sequence. So it sounds like one of the Raptor engines, like the controller for that engine, reported an issue of some kind. So maybe the engine didn't light properly, or you know, one of the turbo pumps was seized, or, or something. Something happened. So they have another launch window t- today. Um, yesterday. At, when this gets released, it'll be yesterday. Um yeah, yes, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. hopefully hopefully that goes ahead. Um we'd love to see giant rocket launching. One of my friends actually asked me, you know, why are you so excited about this? Why is it a big deal? And the answer is that the Starship, if and when it goes into service, will be the first fully reusable rocket that we've had as a species. Right, okay. So, you know, Elon Musk talks about traditional rockets, and it's, he, I think it's a really good analogy. It's like if you were to take a plane somewhere, and then when you land, you just set the plane on fire and, and build a new plane for next time. That, that's kind of how we've done... It seems ridiculous. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that's kind of how we've done space to, to date. You know, it, the, pretty much everything is, like, burning up in the atmosphere on, on reentry, except for, like, a little capsule or something. And... People talk about the space shuttle as being like the primary reusable vehicle in the past, but the truth is that the space shuttle underwent like hundreds of millions of dollars of rebuild in between every mission. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it wasn't really reused in the in the terms of like you know we think about like parking our car and then reusing it the next day. You know. Uh, uh, and on a side note to that, I've actually got some micarta that's been taken from uh, shuttles. Oh, cool. Um, which I was hoping to put in a special knife, I just haven't got around to yet. Right. Um, somebody who listens to Knife Talk, actually, um, they they live in Cape Canaveral, um, and that's where they're stripping down. I don't know if they actually worked for NASA right. or, or not, but, um, yeah, he managed to get a bunch of my Carter, and he sent me some. So that's quite cool. That That's going to be quite a special knife when I do come to use that, I think. He popped into a hangar and nicked a bit, didn't he? I think he yeah. did, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what you know... Starship, the the goal is like full reusability, like you know, land, refuel, take off again. So it, it's going to be a really big thing when that goes live because getting stuff into orbit is going to be a lot cheaper. Mm, yeah. So it's it's exciting. Wow. I'm excited. I'm a massive nerd, though. So you know, I was going to say, have you always had this fascination with space? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've always, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot and astronaut. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's cool shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got very much sort of an engineer's mind. I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, even looking at your videos, um, the way you approach things is very different to, to a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I could, I could imagine you, you know, that would be the sort of dream job working on, on rockets, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think honestly, a lot of that, that approach actually comes from programming. Um, because when you're, when you're programming, you have to be pretty methodical. You have to break a problem down Mm. into smaller, smaller parts. You know, you want to 
um, build tests to make sure that your program works as you expect it to. And um, yeah, so I think it's interesting. I think programming actually kind of teaches that kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, speaking of programming, one one second, Craig, because the other one is is not very CNC related, but it's it's also pretty amazing. Which is um, Google uh, released a new artificial intelligence program that they're calling AlphaFold Two, um, which has basically solved the the problem of protein folding. So. Protein. Now, I did see you put this in the notes. Yeah. And I was like, and you were going to skip over it, weren't you? I was, I was going to say, what the, what the hell is he on about? So I Googled AlphaFold. Yep. Um, and I stopped right there because it took me to um, deepmind.com. Right. Um, and I was just awestruck by the design of the website. Oh, really? I haven't even seen <laughs> it's it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely so. Yeah, deepmind.com. Um, it's. Yeah, it's it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful website, right down to the colors, everything that they use it. And yeah, and I was just perusing that for 20 minutes, not really reading, um, right. but more looking at the design of the site. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's so humanity as a whole have been trying to like overcome this particular issue for about 50 years now. And the idea is that given a chain of amino acids, um, you know, so amino acids and proteins make up pretty much all of the things in your body, in, in biology in general. They control how we, how we work, how we, you know, uh, function at, at the lowest possible level. And yeah. ideally, we'd be able to just take like a chain of amino acids and work out what it does. But we can't because when you put those amino acids in a string, they fold up into this really weird, complex structure. And the shape of that structure actually determines how it works and what it does. Mm. Um, and, and working out the shape of that structure from the chain of amino acids has been something that we've previously had to just kind of brute force. So you would, you would get a supercomputer and you would point it at the problem and then you would wait months and, you know, it would, it would probably work out the solution. Um, but AlphaFold 2 is an AI system that can, you know, solve it in days or less. Um, so, so what does that mean for humanity? So it, it means that we can, you know, look at the structures inside our bodies and much more quickly work out how they work and, and what they do. And, you know, that has, has big implications for designing of new medications, new drugs, um, because you'd be able to potentially design a, a protein um, you know, with a, a specific task in mind rather than having to, like, mm. go out into nature and find some compound that, you know, you try it on a bunch of stuff and you see what it does and you're like, oh, that's useful for a cancer treatment or whatever. So... Yeah, it's going to be more targeted, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So it's... I don't, I don't think we'll really see the full effects of that for a lot of years yet, but, yeah, just really exciting stuff. Cool. Very cool. And that website's very pretty, too. <laughs> So we've got a correction to make. Well, well, Aaron's got a correction to make from last week. It wasn't a correction, Craig. It was a test, and everybody failed. <laughs> I didn't get a single message telling me I was wrong. I'm very disappointed. You, you freaked out a little bit. I was like, nobody's going to even know. Believe me, nobody will even know. You're like, no, it has to be changed. It has to be, it has to be correct. Well, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound, well, I did sound like an idiot, but I don't want to keep sounding like an idiot, and I don't want to make other people sound like idiots. You know, if they, if they go around telling people lead screws have buttress threads, you know, it's just wrong. So a buttress thread is a, a type of 
thread that's specifically designed to only take load from one side. Um, whereas a lead screw is a trapezoidal thread. So, um, yeah, I hadn't had enough coffee last week. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, maybe. I'm actually going through coffee withdrawals a little bit at the moment. Because <laughs> the, the last... Funny. Sorry. Sorry, go on. Go well, on, just on. the last couple of weeks, you know, to, to try and keep myself on pace, I've been drinking a lot of coffee and I don't normally drink any. And then, wow. you know, the last couple of days I've, I've stopped because I ran out at the shop and I've just been like slow. The worst. Yeah. yeah. I, I limit myself to one cup of coffee a day. Right. Um, and I used to drink a hell of a lot more. And I think if I don't have that one, I have what feels like a hangover all day. I need right. that, you know, and my wife now, it doesn't have any caffeine whatsoever. She won't even drink tea now if it has caffeine. Um, and she, yeah, she just says she just feels so much better. And there's just got to be tens of millions of people in the world who are just addicted to this stuff, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult not to have when you, when it's, you're so used to having it in your system. Yeah, totally. Well, and I can't drink black coffee. I'm like not one of those people that developed the taste for it. So I'm drinking... Mm you know sweet iced coffee so I, i've got the double right. whammy of like way too much sugar and way too much caffeine yeah, yeah. ups and downs all day yeah. seriously so we mentioned the uh the lead screw correction but that does bring us on to um ball screws and you sent me a picture this week of of something that you've received um c can you share that or is this a secret oh, it's a secret Greg. It's still a secret, okay, for the... No, it's a very, very exciting... Machine. Well, yeah, I mean, part of the issues with bolt screws is, you know, as we talked about, they're really expensive. Um, you know, just... So, for my industrial machines, my two Fidals, and it's worth noting that Fidals are about the cheapest machine, like a CNC, you know, industrial-grade CNC mill to work on, um, right. in terms of buying parts and stuff. But the a single ball screw for one of those machines, no thrust bearing, no nothing, just a ball screw and nut, is uh, a bit over a thousand dollars canadian wowzers yeah um so you know if you want to build your own cnc machine or something finding ball screws that are decent quality and you know an acceptable price is is really really difficult and it basically means you have to buy them from china mm. the... are you having um let's say on your fidel do you have just one ball screw per axis or do you have one either side rotating in uh, you know opposite directions no it's just one per axis so it's right, um okay. yeah two two linear rails per axis and then right down the middle there's one ball screw and they are big boys they're about um inch and a half like 45 millimeters right okay. um in diameter so yeah you know like the, the the price is pretty reasonable um for for those ball screws but you know if you if you're trying to build a little machine you don't want to spend a thousand bucks per axis on on ball screws. So, mm. I've been trying to find a a supplier on like AliExpress that you know has decent quality because you can buy cheap ball screws in North America, but they're all made in China. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And you know, so you're basically paying paying the markup for them to have been brought over and then sold retail in in North America. So just laser laser their logo on it and charge four times as much. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, so I finally found a company that seems pretty good, um, and I bought a full ball screw assembly, so the, the mount, the thrust bearing, the ball nut, the ball nut mount, um, and it was like a hundred bucks Canadian. Wow. 
wow, it's hell of a difference. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I haven't. Um, I have to actually build like a, a test axis to put it on, so that I can test things like backlash and and so on. Um, but it's looking pretty and good. What would you be using to to control this? What what sort of control board are you are you thinking? Uh, initially, it's just going to be like an Arduino or something, just to to do right. test moves. Um, we'll we'll see about the control board later on. <laughs> maybe something custom. Yes, maybe. I I did actually get um uh, an exciting new microcontroller this week as well. I got a a Teensy four point one. What, what what is it? I, I haven't heard of it. Uh, I know what the Teensy is. What, what's the 4.1? That's just the iteration. I yeah, so, I mean, for those uh, who are newer to microcontrollers and stuff, so an Arduino is a microcontroller. It's like a little tiny uh, computer that's just designed to do, you can program it to do kind of one thing very quickly. And the Teensy is, um, so rather than being based on the AT Mega, which is a very simple, old-style microcontroller, um, the Teensy is based on an ARM microcontroller, so kind of a, a lower spec version of what powers your phone. Um, so this thing has a lot of horsepower. Um, you know, a, a, an Arduino, a standard one, has you know a kilobyte of RAM or something, and and this thing has mm. 125 kilobytes, and then eight eight megabytes of flash memory, and it runs at 600 megahertz, which is standard Arduino is 16 megahertz. So yeah, it's a, it's a, as far as little microcontrollers go, this thing's a real beast. Nice, nice. And, and are there plans to use that in your secret machine? Yes, hopefully. Cool. Fingers cool. crossed. So, we, we, I mean, you just mentioned there, you know, getting stuff from China and so on. Um, update on my CNC rotor yes. hasn't arrived oh, yet, no. which, is, which is maddeningly coming from China um, <laughs> because I, I, I knew they, they were made in China. Um, but the the from the website, it looked as if they had them um, in Europe to ship from Europe, uh, um, and they, they they certainly made it sound that way upon ordering. Um, but no, it's not. So when that comes, who knows? It'll probably be in the new year now, which is really maddening, really maddening. And I think I think I would have gone with something else now, knowing that. Um, I've been looking at the, the shape ocos and the X carves, which, you know, a lot of sort of carpenters use them, furniture makers, more for sort of wood carving. Um, but they seem to be a bit beefier than what, I, what I've actually ordered. Right. Uh, um, and you mentioned also the, the, the Makita router, router, using that instead of the DeWalt. Yeah. So I've lo- I did look into that, and you're right, yeah, it, it's, you can take the RPMs down to 10,000, which would be a big help. Um, it's got a uh, a horse and a quarter um, horsepower, um, and the model for that, if anybody is interested, is the RT zero seven zero one C, and it, it looks pretty much like the Dewalt. I think it's got the same size um, casing around the spindles. I think it is um, actually a couple of millimeters different. Just just really? yeah, just oh, to warn right. you. So yeah, I don't think a mount for a DWP six eleven like the Dewalt router. I don't think it will fit. Mm. Ah, okay. That could be prob- a problem. Okay. I know that there are mounts available for it, though, but I just wanted to make sure you didn't buy the wrong wrong mount. Got you. Okay, okay. Mine is coming with the the Dewalt mount, right? So I will need some sort of some sort of fix for that. But yeah, yeah. I I, I think I may have jumped into that, and I think <laughs> I think I sh- I should have picked another machine. Um, and I think something like the Shape Oak or the, or the X Carve um would certainly have better support as well. Um. 
but yeah, that that's where I am. I'm waiting for that to come in the post. Um, but yeah, with regards to you know stuff made in China, you know you're trying to you're you're making something and you're ordering parts, um, and it's come from China, and it made me think of the amount of tools that I've got here, which probably are made in China that I don't you wouldn't assume so, you know. I mean, we just mentioned yeah. you know, a lot of companies just lasering their their name on it and, and selling it as you know made in America or wherever it may be. Um, it's it, it it is quite worrying that um, you know we're sourcing so much stuff from from this one place, um, and you know traditionally people do think you know made in China maybe the quality isn't the best, but clearly they're innovating and they're they're been they're able to do stuff that other countries aren't. Yeah, and I mean you know most of the Apple computers are made in China. And we yeah. don't. We definitely yeah, exactly. don't associate yeah. those with low quality. It, it really is. You get what you pay for. You know. Mm. Um, yeah. Unless it's these new Apple headphones, which oh I don't God. think. Yeah. You will get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. Which is ridiculous. Seriously, I'm all for a nice <laughs> pair of headphones, but those seem stupid. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. If they were doing something uh, revolutionary, um, maybe, and then, you know, they claim to be revolutionary, but if, if you have a look, they're just the same as any other sort of noise cancelling headphone, really, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the made in China stuff, I don't know. I have kind of a moral quandary about this, you know, because mm. I, a lot of times, you know, so I was searching for a replacement screen for one of my CNC machines, and, you, you know, you can't buy an LCD screen that's made in canada it's mm. just not possible as far as i found you know and then trying to find one with the specific shape and and the particular type of inputs that i needed you know i couldn't even get it on on amazon i ended up going straight to aliexpress um yeah, yeah. and yeah you know it, it does worry me because you know if you if you watch factory videos from from china it's 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 very very different you know a lot of people are spending their entire lives just in a factory yeah um, yeah you know it's... and uh, what i do need to say though is the i was always worried about getting stuff from china um there's obviously all those ethical implications uh, but also from a customer service standpoint mm. you know you may be sending this money and, and quite often they want payment in some sort of weird payment system that you've never used before and they want to do their, you know, tech support via WhatsApp, and it's all a bit, you know, ooh, sounds a bit shady. Um, but the the recent example I had was with this fiber laser that I bought. Now the first one that came um, took a long time to come. Very excited, open it up, try to get it working, and it was just dead, dead from the outset. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. So I contacted them, and they were like, not a problem. We've got another one on its way to you, literally now. We're going to send it now. Right. Um, that took a little while to get to me again exactly the same problem oh, no. and i was like oh so i was at this point i you know I, I, let's just cancel the order and i'll have my money back they were, like, they were like well no let's not do that let's work up the problem so we had a bunch of you know um like skype calls we didn't actually use skype we used this weird thing i'd never i can't think what it is now and um we, we identified the problem um but then they sent me another one and refunded me and they were so apologetic it was crazy. Wait, wait, so, so you got a free fiber laser? So I've got a free fiber laser. Um, I had a full refund. Um, and they actually refunded me the uh, the import taxes as well. What? So it's literally cost me zero. Um, and, wow. And, you know, they couldn't do enough. You know, and, and you know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't 
you know, slate them in any way. It's just one of those things. If you send electronics, you know, the other side of the world, occasionally, you know, things may go amiss. And just so happened he did twice at this point. Um, And they couldn't have been better. The report was 24 hours a day. Admittedly, it was by a WhatsApp, which was very, very strange. Um, But yeah, they refunded me in full. And um, and I've since now gone on to recommend them to others. And I know a few other knife makers have now ordered from them. Um, but yeah, it that that was a massive worry of mine, and initially getting that first one that didn't work, I was like, well, I've just wasted a buttload of money, and, and I've got nothing to show for it. Right. But it, in fact, it was the complete opposite. My perception of it all was completely wrong. They couldn't have done enough to help. Yeah, and honestly, I've had similar experiences. You know, on AliExpress, they have like a a chat page, and you know, I ask yeah. a question, and yeah, within an hour, I get like a, a very reasonable response. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's for me as I said it's just really hard to reconcile cuz like you know, if you're looking at buying a fiber laser to do uh marking of, of parts and you buy a US made one you're looking at 25 30,000 dollars US. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's sort of six or seven times the cost really. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's difficult too because you know, if you you're trying to make stuff, you know, you we're trying to, you know, so I'm trying to like make things in Canada, which is a a good thing. Um, mm. And you know, should I buy be buying like Chinese machinery to help things get made in Canada? I I, I just I don't know. Mm. It's almost like the whole Amazon adv- uh, argument, really, isn't it? It's it's so it's easy to do. Um, costs are maybe slightly cheaper as well, but we all know we should be sort of shopping locally. But you know we don't we don't we don't get that convenience if we're doing that all the time and it, yeah it, it plays on me a bit that as well yeah I mean part of the problem for me too is just that like I buy so many weird things you know like the other day I wanted to buy um, some casting epoxy you know I mm. and I I can't I can't get that locally you know so maybe there's like some casting epoxy store you know but mm. online store rather but like. Then I have to find out which of the online stores is good and, and, you know, are they in the States? Are they in Canada? Uh, You know, whereas Amazon is just like, this one has 300 decent reviews. It looks good. And I get it the next day. We'll ship it today. They're not waiting for next Wednesday for the guy to get his van fixed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a pain. It's, yeah, it's it's difficult. So, I don't know, With in regards to the Made in China thing, there's a, a really great documentary called American Factory. Um and it's about a a Chinese auto glass manufacturer. So they make like windscreens and stuff. And they're trying to open their first factory in the US. And they're actually um, reopening a factory that was in a really small town that had closed. And it was like, mm. you know, 30% of the people in the town depended on their jobs in this factory and haven't been able right. to get a job since. So this big Chinese company opens reopens this factory and um, re-employs a lot of those people. And I honestly, I just recommend watching it. It's a really, really interesting story, the way that it unfolds. And it's really interesting to see the difference between the, you know, American approach to things versus the, the Chinese approach to things. Mm. That sounds a very familiar story to me. So um, a friend of mine, David Hyatt, um, he worked for Sachi and Sachi. He was a marketing guy. Um, but he actually set up um, a company called Howie's then, which were a clothing company, clothing brand, did a lot of 
clothing for cyclists, that kind of thing, which he then went on and sold to Timberland, okay. I think probably about 12 years ago. And he moved to Cardigan, which is, it's in Wales, and it's on, on the west coast of Wales, the furthest west you could possibly be, where there is nothing. Right. There's, it's literally, it's in the middle of nowhere, it's a very small village, um, and economically, they were really struggling in this village because um, there used to be a massive um, exporter of jeans and denim. So they had a huge um, jeans factory there. And it employed literally 90% of the village yeah. would, would work at this factory. And they closed down round about the same time that David had moved there. And he was like, so he had, he had all this money from you know just selling his company. And he was like, well, what am I going to do? And um, he was he was in a taxi one day, and somebody somebody mentioned that this town was famous for jeans, and he was like, he, you know, he put his marketing head on, so we could we could make something of this. So they set up um, Hyatt Denim. So his thought was, we've got all these like experts, and he calls them grandmasters. Yeah, totally. Um, people who make who make denim, who make jeans. And so we got all these people out of work. Meanwhile, all the all the major sort of denim companies are competing on price, not on quality. He's like, well, we could do the opposite. We've got some of the best makers in the world here. We can compete on quality and not price. So they set up higher denim, and the whole the whole thing there is we're going to get this town making jeans again. And and I think his goal is to get three hundred staff their jobs back making jeans. Very cool. And he's he's got this great great, and he and he markets it so so well. Um, and Shopify, who they they their store is based on, um, made a whole film about them. They. You know, it was like a, a, an hour-long film all about Hyatt, how they're getting people making jeans again. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it just sounds like a very familiar story to me, that. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, and I think it's happening a lot of places. You know, it's... Um, mm. I mean, it was more in the 80s than it is now with the, the offshoring craze. You know, people people uh, want to maximize profits for shareholders in mm. the short term. So, like, cutting out costs, the manufacturing costs, you know, send it all overseas. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, it's a shame. Yeah, I think it's been really damaging in a lot of ways, unfortunately. Um, who knows? I, I mean, it's been interesting that like transport costs going up because oil's getting more expensive has, yeah. you know, made that less feasible for some things. And so, you know, there some stuff is getting brought back, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, this this keeps going back to shipping the, the issues that I'm having. And when you just mentioned, you know, transport costs going up. I had an email yesterday from Amazon. Um, so, based here in France, but as you can probably gather, those listening, I'm I'm not French. I'm I'm from Wales in the UK. Um, there, there is Amazon here in France, um, but being typically French, anything will take sort of three to four weeks to arrive. <laughs> it, it's very very French. Um, so I generally order from Amazon UK. And I get things within two or three days normally. Oh, it's not at the moment because of the situation we're in. Um, but I had an email from Amazon saying, not just me, it wasn't addressed personally to me, it was, it was a press release, um, saying that um, as the UK will, won't be part of the EU from January, anything that I order from the UK will have a 20% VAT levy as well as a 15% um, shipping levy on it. So prices automatically go up 35%. Ouch. And it's like, wow. And I'm thinking, how is that going to affect all those small businesses that 
And, and a lot of businesses sell on Amazon. You know, small businesses sell on Amazon. Yep. There's there's this whole big thing about you know Amazon being the devil, but it does power a lot a lot of small businesses. I mean, my wife writes books, and if it weren't for Amazon, she wouldn't be making a living doing that. You know, it's. But yeah, shipping and import taxes, all these things, they all mount up to thinking. If we could just get everything locally, it would be just so much better. Really would. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned like the difficulty of getting getting things where you're living, because mm. my girlfriend and I have been looking at moving outside of the city, and literally one of the you know so we we kind of looking at this little town, and one of the first things I did was contact one of my suppliers, um, McMaster Car, and mm. say like, "Do you ship here, and how much does it cost?" You know, and if they'd said no, then I would have been like, "No, we can't move there." Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like checking the broadband before yeah. you move anywhere. You know, we're gonna get a decent speed here. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> so we've had a, a message from a listener. Ooh, we got somebody listening. <laughs> that that's something at least. Um, and that was Scorpio Services. Um, and they they funny enough they've been following me, and I know they listen to Knife Talk, um, and that they, they then subsequently heard this show. Um, and they knew that I was sort of getting into CNC and learning, and they they recommended something which is I'm sure you're aware of them the the Titans of CNC. Yes, I have heard of them, but um, I haven't really looked into the courses at all. Ah, right, okay. So yeah, it's a bunch of courses which are which are free, um, and they, they stem right from newcomers to CNC right through to very sort of specific things. Uh, lots of content on YouTube too. It's very. Um, heavily produced shall we say um with you know for sparks that kind of if you think you know knife makers right. going on forged in fire and it's it's produced as you can there's flames and there's sparks everywhere um it's very it's very sort of american in that sense um but yeah i, I haven't actually gone through a whole course yet but i've dipped in and out of little bits um and it looks to be uh, a really good resource so yeah okay. titans of cnc um both on their website and on YouTube. There's lots and lots of great stuff for anybody like me, really, who's just sort of trying to learn as much as they can. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, yeah, and I mean, just for reference, generally speaking, if there's sparks, it's, it's something's going going wrong. <laughs> but it's dramatic. Yeah. It gets the, gets the kids going. <laughs> there's, um, I'm just looking at it now really quickly. There's also Haas, so the, the manufacturer of CNC machines, Haas, they have a Haas certification program, um, which I believe is free as well. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to click through to see if it, if, if I can get into it. But um, yeah, sure. Yeah, so you know, they. I mean, obviously, it's focused on their machines, but um, you know, a lot of the basic concepts would be would be covered as well there as well. So, mm. and I believe that that's one of those things that can. You know, you can put it on a resume and it's, it's, you can at least prove to a potential employer that you have, you know. A certain level of skill. Yeah. 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 Now, I've watched a few YouTube videos. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else has been going on this week? Any, anything else that you, uh, you need to cover? With me or with the world? With 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 the world in general, or or in your own little life, sorry, your own little, My little that life really degrading. Wow, thanks. Sorry, thanks, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> your own sad little existence. No. Oh, my <laughs> sad little joking. existence. I'm joking, clearly. Well, it's but yeah. I mean, as we we said, it's just been very busy. It's um, I am really looking forward to next year because it's m my hope is to go into next year with a pretty clean slate. 
Um, mm. And then for next year to be a year of automation and process improvement. That's nice. that's the goal. It's, you know, to spend at least a couple of days a week working on really, really new stuff. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I suppose my dream for next year is to... Um, we got a lot going on, so we're, we're moving house. Um, our babies are growing up way, way too fast. My wife is starting a new role herself. Um, so we've got a lot going on. So that was one of the reasons for sort of clearing the decks a bit earlier this year. Um, but yeah, going into January, I've got um, a batch of kitchen knives, which will be available and... Changing, I, I, we mentioned this last week. Changing things up instead of sort of pre-ordering, um, yeah. I'll wait till the all of the the knives are done, and literally sell, uh, you know, ready to ship. Um, and that that's going to be the same thing going forward with with the folding knife. So I think I'm going to be making two hundred of them. Oh jeez. Um, so it's yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to be laser cut. Um, um, and you know heat treat and the bevels I'll do in-house but you know then obviously they're not huge knives um but I, I can need some sort of fixture for um just grinding these bevels because um if you can imagine a folding knife they they don't have much of a tang to sort of grip onto yep. um so yeah I'll need to, some sort of fixture for that as well but um yeah that'll be in, in the same sort of thing make all the knives and then then sell ready to ship <sighs> Yeah, you said it's gonna be a lot, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So you said last last week, you know, I, that I obviously make a lot more knives than you do. I'm not sure that that's true. If if you're making like 200 really? folding oh, knives, right. you know. Well, I mean, I I used to do what you know many knife makers do is you know custom knives. So you'd literally sell one knife to one person. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of admin. That's a lot of emails going back and forth, and a lot of pressure on that one knife. So what I then started doing is contacting restaurants and, you know, it's that whole thing. If, you, if you're doing that process multiple times, it, it, you, you can make the cost cheaper. Um, so w I was then offering uh, table knives to restaurants, which I, which I still do, which is a big, big part of, part of my sort of business. Um, and that is a lot easier. It's one sale and that can lead to, you know, 50, 100 um, and two, you know, 200 knives in one case. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that same principle of working in big, big batches. Um, it, it works for me as well because, you know, working from home here and my workshop is in, is, is in the house and having young children and my wife works from home too. We, we can be very sort of flexible with, with things, you know, and my, my lead on, you know, like a restaurant order could be, could be three or four months. So it, that, that seems to work for me. Whereas I know others, you know, other knife makers may hate the idea of doing that same knife over and over and over again. Um, it it just works for me, and I and I do enjoy that because then this process. You, I mean, I'm sure you're aware. You do, you do very similar, being able to tweak that process just to make it more and more efficient each time. Yeah. It's just something that I enjoy. I wouldn't know anything about making the same knife over and over again, Craig. <laughs> How many years have you been making the Resolute? <laughs> oh yeah, it's a while now. It's like six years, I think. Wow. Wow, yeah, yeah. So you think next year could be the year of of another model, maybe? Yes, it will be, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The kitchen knife is happening, and also um, Resolute Mark Four next year as well. Cool. Well, can you can you um, can you share the differences with uh, the Resolute Mark Four to the to the current model? No. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a show. That's a show. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Not yet. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Oh yeah, in, absolutely. In yeah, it's just there'll be plenty. To lots share. of stuff to be nailed down yet. So don't want to uh, get anyone's hopes up. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I think on that bombshell, that may be a good good time to to, to finish the show. Um, again, anybody listening, um, please please do us a favor. Um, whatever platform you're listening on, give us a rating or review or whatever system they use there. Um, it really does help us get discovered. And yeah, it's, it's nice to know that we're not speaking to to just ourselves. There are actually people out there listening to us. Hopefully, so that would be a massive help if you could do that. Yeah, that would be very much appreciated. And yeah, hopefully there are people out there other than Mike that are listening to us. <laughs> I know Jeff listens too. Yeah. Jeff, he hasn't got a clue what we're talking about, but I know he does listen. And a couple of my friends, and also my mum. Ah, yeah. There we go. Enough for a Christmas party, yeah, exactly. at least. <laughs> Right, thank you all for listening and we shall speak to you again next week. Have a great week. And fade out. (laughs) Awesome. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.